One person's trash is another person's treasure. Cliche, maybe, but in the case of the Great Exchange in Devons, Massachusetts, that mantra is the foundation of an impressive model focused on the reuse element of reduce, reuse, recycle. I had already identified a lot of synergies there, such as I had one manufacturer that was throwing away over a hundred very large plastic bags on a daily basis. And I had a park program and a local school that was desperately in need of these large trash bags. So I thought we'd be able to make a lot of points of connection. I chat with Donna Neely of the Devons Eco-Efficiency Center about how they facilitate these synergies to keep about 50 tons of material out of the landfill every year. Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody. This is SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren, and really excited today to have a former colleague, student colleague of mine, uh, Donna Neely, the executive director of the Devons Eco-Efficiency Center, joining us for the podcast today. Welcome, Donna. Thank you, Kim. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk with you today. And I know we're going to have a great conversation here for our listeners. Um, and so there's a lot we're talking about, about the, the Devons Eco-Efficiency Center and all the work that you're doing. Um, both around energy and waste reduction opportunities. But let's take a little step back because not all of our listeners are, are fully aware of Devons. Uh, and, and of course, you know, Devons is um, a former military base here in Massachusetts. It was Fort Devons. And uh, quite a few years ago, we now like over 20 years ago at this point, um, you can fill me in on that. But the Fort Devons was identified as an opportunity for to get redeveloped and they were closing the portions of the base and the idea was they wanted to develop sustainably and that's of course where um, the Devons Enterprise Commission kind of came into play and and one of the things they they kind of started was wanting to do a an EcoStar program with the businesses there so why don't you tell us a little bit about Devons and then kind of how this whole eco-efficiency center came to be. Sure thank you I'm happy to so as you just um, described, we were a former military base, and when the base closed, uh, the area was really devastated because first we had the designation of being a priority Superfund site, and then more than 7,000 people had lost their, their livelihood. So there was a, a lot of thought given to, you know, what would be the next life for the community and because of that experience that everyone was just trying to recover from there was a, a priority um, that was really emphasized throughout the Devon's reuse plan to redevelop the area in a, a with a priority given to the sustainable redevelopment and what was meant by that was there would be priority consideration that was given to the economic, environmental, and social needs of the community. So with that um, priority in mind, that justified an investment in 
efforts that would help the businesses that chose to locate here operate in the most sustainable manner. And from that goal, the EcoStar program was born. And that was a, a very innovative program for its time. Uh, that was about 15 years ago. So businesses were just starting to think about the importance of operating sustainably. And we were actually the only, um, to my knowledge, the second voluntary stewardship program that was established in the country. So we're, we're pretty proud of that accomplishment. And fortunately, that program was uh, successful enough to draw interest from businesses that were located outside of Devons. And as interest grew and the understanding of the related benefits that were that would come out of sustainable business practices um, became more publicized, we made the transition to the from the EcoStar program to the Devons Eco Efficiency Center, which is a nonprofit organization. We were started um, just about 12 years ago now. And with the designation of being a 501c3, we were better positioned to go for grant funding. We had, we looked like a more formal entity and it allowed us to really expand our, our program offerings and engage even more establishments going forward. Wow, uh, that's such an amazing story. And so you started to dive into, you know, this idea that it's engaging with the various uh, businesses that are at Devon's. So your the Eco Efficiency Center is actually a membership model. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of how that works, what the benefits are, and, and who some of your members are? Sure. So when we started the Eco Efficiency Center, we um, had a heavy emphasis on the, the membership model. And I guess that was our, our way of kind of hooking the businesses in and, and keeping them engaged. Um, so today we have members that are um, primarily businesses and they come from all different sectors. We have large uh, worldwide entities that are involved in the pharmaceutical industry, such as Bristol Myers Squibb and Johnson Matthey and Nipro. And we also have a lot of, you know, small local manufacturers that are involved in say metal fabrication, such as Waco or Steel It that does uh, steel coatings. And they each have, you know, less than 50 employees. So that I think, you know, that diversity really reflects um, the true value of operating sustainably. You know, there's there's benefits that can be achieved by any type of business in, that's of any size and involved in any sector. We also have uh, members that are municipalities and the, even the, the local charter school. So the benefits of being a member include you know, just more devoted attention. Are the Devon's Eco Efficiency Center is now our programs and services are available to all that want to take advantage of them and we encourage that participation. We have primarily three areas of service. One 
being a monthly educational program that benefits area professionals with environmental health and or safety related responsibilities. They come together every month to learn about best practices, stay up to date with regulatory developments, network, identify ways to uh, collaborate and invest in each other's success, which is really uh, very rewarding to witness. We also will provide technical assistance to businesses that want to either implement or strengthen specific sustainability programs such as waste reduction or energy conservation, etc. And so we'll go on site and help in any way that we can uh, be of assistance. And then we also have the great exchange that was developed to facilitate the reuse of excess items. So all of those programming activities support our mission, which is to help establishments make better use of resources. So to circle back to, to member benefits, although these programs are open to all, member benefits include waived registration fees for, uh, for the educational programs. They, uh, our members will also get unlimited technical assistance as they pursue their uh, areas of priority and they also get prioritized consideration for their participation in the great exchange and that would be for you know either finding reuse opportunities for items they no longer need or for helping them secure items that they would like to um, gain into their operation without purchasing something that was very expensive and very new. And so that's actually a great lead in because I, I think the listeners would really love to understand a bit more about the great exchange. And, you know, of course, a lot of communities have kind of green business programs, uh, which, have, you know, include waste reduction opportunities. But you know, what I really like and what was impressed by with the Great Exchange um, is this is way more than just getting folks to recycle, right? <laughs> like, this is kind mm -hmm. of taking it to that next level. We're not just putting recycling bins in the coffee room. It's, it's really getting to those thinking about reuse opportunities. So tell us a bit more about the Great Exchange. I am very happy to. This is really um, what I'm most proud of. It's the, the program that I enjoy uh, promoting and, and participating in the most. So when I first started on the EcoStar program, I had the opportunity to go on site to a, a wide variety of businesses. And through those interactions, I was becoming acutely aware of the vast amount of valuable materials that were being thrown away on a daily basis. And I just got to the point where I had to do something to hopefully prevent this from happening. So I invited the, the businesses to basically bring their, their trash to a meeting. And I felt like, you know, this was really putting my career on the line because it was going to be either a wonderful success or a big flop. And fortunately, because of the rapport that I had with these businesses, they were more um, entertained and intrigued by the, the opportunity and they agreed to come. 
And at the same time, I invited area nonprofits, such as schools and municipalities and food banks, et cetera, to come to share um, insight on what they needed. And I had already identified a lot of synergies there, such as I had one manufacturer that was throwing away over a hundred very large plastic bags on a daily basis. And I had a park program and a local school that was desperately in need of these large trash bags. So I thought we'd be able to make a lot of points of connection. So when we opened up what, what was supposed to be just a two hour meeting, I provided the businesses with an opportunity to kind of do a, a show and tell where they basically introduced themselves and showed an item or in some cases, multiple items that they had no use for and were being discarded as a part of their routine operations. And then after the businesses had uh, presented themselves, I invited the nonprofits and schools to come up and do that same type of introduction, but say, and we would like to find. And then the next uh, phase of the, the forum was just to provide everyone with an opportunity to network and interact and see if we could uh, find new use opportunities for these items. I'm very pleased and relieved to the fact that it was a wonderful success and we actually ran almost an hour longer than intended. I had to, to stop the interactions and everyone was just really excited about these potential partnerships. Now, fortunately, a lot of those um, opportunities were long-term and from that one term one session we grew to doing monthly pickups where we literally had businesses leaving their quote-unquote waste on the their loading docks or out by the door and i had this little caravan of organizations that would follow me throughout the community to obtain these resources that we, they were super excited to have and with that, the, the businesses were really pleased to participate because you know, they didn't like to throw these things away. They realized that there was you know, value to the resources, but they just didn't know what else to do with the items. So they were um, happy to oblige. And then from the monthly pickups, we started to have first uh, biannual events, and then we went to quarterly events, and then we were events like every eight weeks where we had people bring um, items and just kind of like a swap sessions, basically. And then I had uh, these little pockets of inventory stashed in various warehouses, and then I obtained one facility where I was able to expand out to 2,500 square feet um, and just keep adding shelves and shelves and shelves of more items. And now I have two facilities with a combined total of more than 5,000 square feet that holds an extreme, um, a very diverse inventory of every type of operating supply any type of business or establishment can use. We have rows of office supplies. We have rows of uh, kitchen, janitorial, safety-related items. We have packing materials. We have classroom resources. 
we have um, materials that can be used in arts and crafts projects and our second facility holds all kinds of office furniture, shelving units and janitorial equipment, um, pretty much anything any business or organization needs, they will find at the, the Great Exchange. And we now are open, we've gone from that one-time event to we have two events every month now. And we are attracting organizations from across the state and even over for state lines. All of our inventory is either new or like new conditions. So, you know, everyone's really pleased with the, the quality of what they're able to obtain through the great exchange. And we make it available for, you know, a significant discount. So organizations that are, you know, limited in funds are able to preserve those funds and keep them invested in you know, the valued services that they're providing to their communities. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And I've been in your little basement uh, room there. Um, you're in where all your inventory is, and it's super impressive. So uh, listeners to the podcast can read the blog post that goes along with this and see some of the pictures because it was really uh overwhelming how much is down there and then how unbelievably clean and organized you keep it you and your team keep it down there it's it really is impressive donna and certainly something you should be proud of um thank you and I, I know you've seen like some you know over the years of course the participation has really increased um to give us a little bit of some of the metrics as far as like the success that you've seen with the great exchange yeah Year over year, participation continues to increase, and we're so excited about that. And that's, you know, I think mainly a, a result of word of mouth because people are so surprised at their at what they find here. They um, are very enthusiastic in their efforts to promote the programs to other colleagues. So we are providing value to um, municipal departments, schools, nonprofits, small businesses, um, youth organizations, etc. We're not able to provide value to the general public because we just couldn't support that kind of activity and because we've really prioritized those types of entities that we know are, are valued by our communities. So um, as far as for, for metrics, we now average a, um, about 50 tons of material um, getting diverted year over year. And when you think of the, the average weight of what we're rescuing, you know, such as boxes of pens and reams of paper and perhaps desk chairs, you know, all items that are, you know, just one or two pounds or up to a hundred pounds perhaps to get to 50 tons. That's a lot of stuff. Um, last year, we were really shocked to see that our, our participation had increased over 75%. So that was a really big jump for us. We, as far as 
participation, I would say it's it's probably evenly split between small businesses and not-for-profit entities and then schools and municipalities. So we're very pleased about that. We are attracting, let's see, last year we provided value to almost 200 different establishments that came from over 50 different municipalities. That's amazing. You know, so I can imagine that a lot of our listeners would be interested in setting something like this up for their own community. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, how your role, and I know you have a team as well, it's not just you, um, but how your positions are funded. I mean, is the Great Exchange covering all of that? But obviously, initially it didn't, right? So so what kind of tips, I guess first, what, what kind of funding is there and is there a model that makes this kind of financially sustainable for other communities to think about um, doing something like this? And it sounds like from what you're saying, not every community needs to do this. Perhaps it's a regional effort because if you're getting 50 different, you know, representatives from 50 different communities coming in, especially like in, in New England where we have a lot of small towns, probably we don't need everybody doing this. We just need a few key ones throughout the state. Or more funding for us so that we can just have to all everybody. of satellites. <laughs> there you go. We're, we're happy. I we're love how you're thinking, Donna. <laughs> I will pursue any and all opportunities to the best of my ability. Um, so the Great Exchange is, is not self-sufficient by any means. We have the benefit of being uh, funded partially by the Devons Enterprise Commission, which is the uh, governmental entity for Devons. As a 501c3, we're also able to pursue grant funding, and uh, there's never enough time to invest in, in that type of activity, but it, it is indeed critical. And year over year, we have strengthened our ability to bring in revenue through the program. When we first started, in, in order to you know, entice participation, everything was made available for free. And as there were more items to make available, that required you know, a, a bigger and bigger investment in time to, to support the program. So right now, it, the Great Exchange probably consumes about at least 70% of our, our time. But it also has the, the greatest rewards. You know, the inventory that we're making available last year saved um, entities almost $400,000 from avoided purchasing costs. So that's the, an avoided disposal cost. So with those related savings, as we better understand what those savings are, we can better fine tune what our, our revenue generating strategy is. So we've tried a couple of different models from going from free to you had to be a member to, you know, members could participate up to, you know, X times a year. 
then we went to a, a registration fee for, for each event. And then we had a per box fee you know, for, for each box of supplies that you were able to obtain from the Great Exchange that would have a set price. And now we're moving more toward um, a per pound cost and in some many cases a, you know, a, an, a specific cost based on the, the item. So we've tried all, all kinds of different models. Uh, the, our current one, which was the last one I described, seems to be working best for us. We're able to, we're now up to about covering close to, I think, 40% of our operating costs. So that outside funding is, is absolutely critical. Um, the success, I think, you know, it, it takes a long time to build a program to, to where we are today. You know, it took me what, 11 years to, to get to this point, but persistence pays always. And, but there's, there's, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, for, for other communities to achieve the, the same targeted outcome of preserving the value of unneeded resources. So, you know, I think other suggestions, suggestions that I would have for other communities that, you know, would like to see more waste diversion initiatives, I would suggest, you know, organizing regional collection events. We participate in, in two different events. And what's really neat about those types of forums is, you know, area nonprofits can come together as long as there's someone kind of orchestrating it. They can attract all kinds of nonprofits or recycling and reuse type of businesses that and really publicize, hey, there's going to be organizations at this place at this time that would welcome the donation of you know this that and the other thing and that can be anything from you know sporting goods to office supplies to craft materials to you know, things that have a, a a value for from recycling such as metals and you know, those types of programs can can really make a big difference because in general, you know, for the most part, people want to do the right thing. And it's just all about the, making it easy for them to do the right thing. Um, you know, in addition to, to those types of collection events, we also have interacted with a lot of municipalities that are looking to make information, more information available on their, their social media posts and in, on their Facebook page. So I've helped several different communities develop, you know, um, resource guides about if you have this and no longer need it, here's various organizations that would welcome the donation of those goods. So it's just, you know, promoting and publicizing the opportunities to repurpose. Those are some really great examples for, for others. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Donna, this has been such an interesting conversation. I've really enjoyed this. I think the Great Exchange is such an amazing program and really everything you're doing at the Eco Efficiency Center has been such a great model. 
Uh, you definitely should be proud. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear from some of our listeners on how to do things in some other parts of the country like this. Thank you for the opportunity, Kim. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you, Donna. For our listeners, if you're pursuing waste reduction goals in your community, 2020 could be your year to step up your game. Check out our blog post at klasustainability.com to find out more about the Great Exchange in Devons or visit the Devons Eco-Efficiency Center website. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?